Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Thank you for joining us today. This is not Dr. Pat, but this is the Dr. Pat Show. I am Renee Siegel, your host. Welcome, welcome. And today we are going to do some deep diving into the Enneagram and go into a very, very specific teaching. I have a wonderful, amazing guest with me today, Andrea Andres, who is a retired minister, and she has been a friend and colleague for many years through the Arizona Enneagram Association. And there is a wealth of information she is going to share with us around instincts and subtypes today. So again, welcome, Andrea, would you like to share a little bit more about yourself with our viewers and listeners? Well, I've been in Phoenix for the past 22 years. And at the beginning of this year, I moved, my husband and I moved to Las Cruces, New Mexico, uh, the land of enchantment. And we are loving it here uh, in southern New Mexico. Wow. <laughs> Big we, I know. And we miss you. We miss you here in Arizona. <laughs> uh, thank goodness for Zoom. Thank goodness for Zoom. I think many of us are saying that right, right. So um, let's just dive in. We, we've been talking for weeks now about basics around the Enneagram. You guys have all been exposed to the eight, nine, one, two, three, and four. We still have yet to talk to types five, six, and seven, which we will do in the weeks to come. But today we're here to talk about something that's a little bit different. It's about some biological ways that we engage with the world and then how those biological imperatives, biological aspects of ourselves, touch each of the types. And I'm going to turn it over to you, Andrea, to just give uh, everyone some vocabulary for what we're going to be talking about. So they have a frame of reference. Okay, well, one of the things to look at is that we know there are nine personality types and that you, uh, you are your type uh, throughout uh, your life. But we change because we mature, we have immature bouts, we have uh, things that happen to us in life. And as we go along, we may decide that, well, but I know I'm a type nine, but I seem a little different from other type nines, or I'm a type six, but I'm not at all like my friend who's also a type six. And one of the things that indicates or can help us understand some of those differences are subtypes. So that's what we're going to explore. We know there are three centers. We know there are nine types and each type has three subtypes. So three times nine will give you 27 types 
that you can look at. And some people would even say three times 27 for 54 types. So sometimes you'll run into someone who says there's 54 types. Well, they are if you count them as a primary, secondary, and third uh, subtype in that order. But all it means is there is so much more in talking about the Enneagram than just what your type, your basic type. Right. So before we go into subtypes, maybe you could share a little bit about the difference between what we, when we say instinct and subtype. I mean, so many people who are new students to the Enneagram, and I know myself included, that was very confusing because they sometimes are inter interchangeable words. Um, uh, that's, that's part of the problem is a lot of times will uh, teachers will talk about instincts, they'll talk about subtypes, and they will treat them as the same thing. Well, they are different. And uh, mostly when we're talking about it, we're talking about subtypes. But to give you the idea of, of where it all comes from, instinct, instinctual drives are biologically adaptive and they happen uh, precognitive. We don't think about them. We can reflect on them, but these drives are at the level of animal wisdom. And when they combine with our type's core emotional motives, they lead us to the three subtype behaviors. So we talk about them developmentally as if they are one after the other, but maybe not quite so tidy as that. Mm -hmm. so, so before you go into them, I want to just pay attention because you just shared a lot of information. You know, we humans are animals. We are, we have animal instincts and we have higher levels of thinking, but we basically are part of the animal kingdom. Humans are, uh, we won't get into that, but <laughs> we have a lot of animal instincts that cause us to survive. And when you say precognitive, this is before the ability to think, you know, I That's really right. want everybody. So if, if these are developed before the ability to think, it sounds like we're born with them. They, they are biological imperatives. So the, they are biological drives that are common to all of us. It's the need to survive, the need to belong, and the need to relate or interact. Uh, one, one way is when we're talking about instinctual, think about the turtles who uh, lay eggs and then go away and then the baby turtles hatch and what do they do? They immediately go for the water, okay, because they're on the beach. Uh, no mother to tell them what to do, no father to protect them. They just, as soon as they're born, they head toward the beach. It's instinctual. Mm -hmm. And so that's what biological drives are. Uh, and we all have them. And then what happens is those biological drives get channeled with our emotional drive for our type. And they get uh, it's it's kind of like they get channeled into the need to survive, but sometimes they get channeled in the need to belong. 
how do I relate to other people? And then they get channeled on a one-to-one -one intimacy. How do I interact? How do I find my mate? Uh, so all of these things, these biological drives, these instincts get channeled by the emotional energy of the type. And so you come out with three different uh, nines that look different depending on which channel they're going down mm -hmm. at that yeah. specific time. So we have one type that we have our entire life and we have, we each have these instinctual drives. Not anybody gets out of life. We all have a need to survive, mm -hmm. a need to belong and a need to engage. Absolutely. And so it sounds like one of those at any given point in time kind of shows up in a stronger way. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's like you only have one type. We talk about that all the time. You do not change types. But people will say, but I act differently. And that's because you act according to the subtype. And the subtype for self-prez can look different than the subtype for one-on-one. -on -one. And it means that your focus, your energy is directed toward a different way, which mm -hmm. is why a nine uh, can feel like um, that they don't have a lot in common with this other nine. Mm -hmm. Well, probably what's happening is they're different subtypes. Got it. Got it. And so you just use a couple of new words here, self-pres and one-to-one. So let's take those three instinctual drives that you talked about, a need to survive, and a need to belong and a need to engage. And let's take those three needs, those three instinctual needs and label the, the um, instinct that we will talk about that touches into the type and creates a flavor for that type. Yeah, yeah. So the uh, subtype is the reactions are distinct in each type as a result of the type engaging which each of the biological drives which come out identified as subtypes. So uh, where does our attention go when these instincts are being expressed? Well, the emotional drive of your type gets channeled through the subtype, okay? Uh, and I just said that each subtype has there are three subtypes, okay? Two of the subtypes go along with the passion of the type, okay? While one subtype will be known as the counter type because it focuses the same energy, but contrary or against the type. The classic example that most people know about is the type six, where we talk about there being a phobic type and a counterphobic type. Well, the passion of fear comes out. Let me refer to my notes here. The passion of fear can be expressed by fear and avoiding people and situations that cause fear. So that's, that's your subtype. But the countertype is the passion of fear expressed by going against the emotion of fear. So a person tends to deny the fear and moves to conquer it rather than to back away from it. And we call that counterphobic. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is that each of the types have two uh, subtypes that go with it and one counter type that goes against it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's all working with the same energy. Right. And we're going to unpack that a little bit more after break. But just before we go to break, I want everybody to know that the subtype of, 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 of survival is related to the self-preservation type. The subtype of belonging is related to the social subtype. And the subtype of engagement is related to the one-to-one subtype. And those are words Andrea is going to use as we come back from break. And I want you to all be able to unpack that as you hear these interchanged words so that you know that these three biological imperatives, these three instinctual drives are present in all of us. And we're going to unpack even more after break. Thank you so much for a great opening, Andrea. We will unpack this further after break. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. I am Renee Siegel, your grateful host this morning, and I have Andrea Andress. We will come back after break. If you'd like to know any more about my work, you can find it at urepurepotential.com. That's the letter U, the letter R, purepotential.com. Thank you so much. Sometimes being human has its challenges. Our physical health falters, our spirits sag, our dreams don't immediately come to fruition. Welcome to the power of Maximum Medicine Radio. Join me, Doc Martin, in conversations that will blow your mind about healing. In our hit show, Doc Martin addresses the scientific with bridging to the mystical approaches to give you a new narrative about Maximum Medicine. In this live call-in show, we will journey into the extraordinary genius of the human body and talk about other beliefs that impact being your multidimensional self. We seek the seen and the unseen and explore the earthbound and the otherworldly, all with the purpose of calling forth the Maximum You. To learn more about Doc Martin and Maximum Medicine, visit www.SharonMartinMD.com. Are you ready to invest in your best self? Join Sabrina Wright as she shares tools for creating joy and balance in your life every single day. Sabrina is here to help you become your greatest advocate and empower you to make decisions that will help you live your best life. The Live the Good Life Show, connecting your physical and spiritual self every second Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Find Sabrina at the right, W-R-I-G-H-T, balance.com. Are you ready to get big and live your life out loud? Tune in to Get Big Out Loud Radio, exploring life through the lens of curiosity and compassion. With me, Carrie Knudsen, joining Dr. Pat live every second Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. I will offer ideas to transform what you are thinking into conscious action. If you want to get big and live your life out loud, visit me at KnudsenSpeaks.com. Are you ready to find out who you really are? Are you ready to have fun and listen to the soul part of yourself? Indulge in a deeper meaning with Laura Goldstein, host of Coffee with the Universe. This show will awaken that true self hidden deep within you and will get you energized on who you were created to be. So go ahead, grab your cup of joe and experience Coffee with the Universe with Laura Goldstein on TransformationTalkRadio.com. 
Even though your home base is one Enneagram type, you have characteristics of all the types. Tune in to Enneagram Conversations with Renee Siegel the second and fourth Monday of each month at 4 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn how you can unlock your unlimited potential. Visit YouArePurePotential.com for more about Renee and her work. That's the letter U, the letter R, PurePotential.com. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. I am Renee Siegel sitting in for Dr. Pat today and very, very happy, grateful to be here on this Monday morning with a friend and colleague, Andrea Andros, who is speaking to us today about types and subtypes and instincts in the Enneagram and our Enneagram of personality. And for those of you who want to tune in and hear more about Enneagram language, you can listen to my podcast, which is Enneagram Conversations, um, where we're exploring all of this and more in greater detail. But today, specifically, we are here to talk about types, I mean, instincts and subtypes. And uh, Andrea is going to take us into the subtypes because there's so much to impact. If we have three flavors of each type at least or 27 subtypes we've got a lot to talk about so Andrea take us away can we start with the body types and their subtypes absolutely so the self-pres or body subtypes uh does not mean that it's with the body type okay it does not mean it's just with eight um nines and once, okay? Self-prez means that you direct energy toward issues of safety and concern and security, okay? Those are the things that are really uh, grabbing your attention, okay? So you may be self-prez when you are in uh, some kind of situation that you're not sure you're gonna survive. Uh, refugees. There will be a lot of refugees that are in a self-prez kind of uh, mode of what's going on. Uh, if you're in danger of something, so those are t- your energy is directed toward surviving. Okay, so that's self-prez. Um, so we use a subtype questionnaire as we go on, and one of the things that we'd ask is. How much thought, concern do you give to personal survival issues, such as are you preoccupied about supplies, about food? Uh, Do do you run through your head about going grocery shopping? Be sure I have this or that. What about money? How many times do you check your bank account? Do you know exactly where everything is? Or are you kind of lackadaisical about it? Uh, What about your safety? Are you sure that you have everything you need? If you're going on a trip, are you going to be double sure that you've got everything that you're going to need? Uh, If you're dwelling on those kind of issues, if those are the things that come up, you're probably self-pressed. Okay. Or you, and the thing about it is there are certain times in life when, uh, you have to pull on that self-prez energy uh, if you're going to be moving. Well, you better start paying attention to all of that self-prez kind of energy that's going on. Mm-hmm. So 
that's one of the things that sometimes situations and the environment we are in will require us to pay more attention to one specific subtype issues. Okay. And that might not be what your subtype is that you're generally functioning with. I'm thinking about times when I've traveled abroad where I pay way more attention to what's in my suitcase than I would if I was going to visit my son in San Diego, where I know I could just pick something up if I didn't have it. So that that's was- right. And, and it's really important to know that we switch. We, we go through all three of the subtypes, mm-hmm. but we generally, because we are creatures of habit, kind of uh, go to one side in particular or to one type or, or two types. And then that third type, we may be a little more repressed about it or not feel so secure about going there with our energy. But what happens is we, we go to these places through our, um, oh, what do you, through our uh, emotional energy. For example, a type one who is anger-based will, their self-preservation is all about worry and anxiety. And they're going to hide their anger because they want to be sure that they've got everything right. So they're kind of a nervous kind of uh, one that's looking at that. Okay. And if you're a two, what happens is that self-pres looks at pride in terms of uh, me first, you know, kind of a privilege uh, idea of wanting to build um, that I'm cute, I'm lovable, you're going to like me because that's the way I am, okay? Um, a type three will channel that vanity into a, um, a security like I, I have no vanity. I, I'm, I'm fine. I, I have... It's kind of like a false modesty, and they can kind of put you off with that. So there's a deep uh, security that goes with it. The subtype is efficient. Um, We often talk about them as workaholics, you know, that go into there. So what happens is this, uh, that type energy gets directed toward this self-preservation and really kicks in. Uh, do you want to, yeah, I just wanted to say quickly, <clears throat> it sounds also like you're, you're really um, honing in on what that uh, self-preservation means to each one of these types individually and how it is expressed. And it is expressed so differently in each, each. This is a self-pres biological imperative that exists in all of us. And through our type, you're giving a sense of how that shows up so differently in each one of the types. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that's interesting, we've already said that if you're a type, a, a certain type, like a type two, like you are, there are types two that you're going to relate to very well. And then types two that you don't relate to quite as yeah. well. Well, it's also true of self-pres. If you are a self-pres type, no matter what your type is, you're going to relate to other self-pres types. 
okay? Mm -hmm. So that a type one self-pres may feel more connection with a type four self-pres than they do with another type one. So uh, this, this is a way you can get a group of people together who are self-pres and you'll have a great conversation and they'll talk about all of those issues that are self-pres and it, the type will come out differently mm -hmm. as to how they keep that self-pres going. Mm -hmm. Great. Okay. Let's go through the rest of them. Go through the rest of them. Okay. So if you are a type four uh, with envy, it's more, it's kind of like tenacity. Um, this is the long suffering type four. They're the ones that almost deny their suffering because they feel like they live it all the time. So they kind of express less envy uh, than other type fours do. Now, type five with avarice or greed is going to look at self-pres of building a castle. They've got strong boundaries uh, because they're going to be in control. They're going to be self-sufficient. They're going to not need anybody else. So that's the way uh, their self-pres will happen because they're going to be sure that they are safe. Then the loyal skeptic fear to courage. Um, fear is going to look like, uh, okay, I don't want other people, I don't want to be afraid of other people, so I'm going to be warm, affectionate, not give people a, a reason to be mad at me or upset with me. So uh, they're kind of insecure. It's a fearfulness that's a little bit of insecurity, okay? The Sounds type like a two. Huh? Sounds like a two, a warm six. Uh, yes, the warmth, they will really relate to the type two. The uh, gluttony for the type seven, uh, we call them keepers of the castle. Uh, they uh, look for security, and but they, they actually flee the security in search of pleasure, events, collectors, self-interest. They're just going to uh, deal with that more. Um, the lust for the eight, the excess, uh, they're looking for satisfaction. Uh, they're going to get theirs. They're going to be powerful, low frustration level, very direct eight. So you're, you're going to know they're an eight. And then the nine with the self-pres goes into what we call appetite. Uh, this is where you look at uh, addiction behavior. They fuse with uh, physical comforts. They need to satisfy physical needs. They are a solid nine. And they actually like to spend time alone mm -hmm. because they know they're safe in that alone. Okay. So you've just taken us around the wheel, the Enneagram types from one through nine of all of the types that engage with a temperament or the, the self-pres instinctual variant and what that looks like when it touches into each of those types. Okay, very true. But I want, I want to say one thing to be careful. A lot of times when we're talking about this and when you find little subtitles, uh, that people name these different subtypes, a lot of those 
are based on the more immature model. Great to know. Great to know. And it may look a little bit different if if they're more mature and they're dealing with it in a in a more way. uh, Yeah. Yeah healthier way yeah well we're going to have to go to break again thank you so much andrea i know when we come back we're going to talk about the social subtypes and the one-to-one subtypes of each of the types thank you thank you this has been really really helpful and i'm learning so much and um, we'll come back from break we'll unpack more all right thanks for joining the dr patcho see you after break Tune in to The Truth is Funny with Colette Stephan each Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show will have you thinking outside the box and riding the wave of infinite potential. Join Colette on the Higher Self Network, inspiring listeners to shine their brilliance and ensure success while roaring with laughter as they recognize the humor of the giant cosmic joke. Visit TheTruthIsFunny.com. Welcome to Soul Activation Podcast, a world-class broadcast of insight and inspiration with the renowned healer and coach, Suzanne Alexandria. In this series, she dives deep into the magical sea of you, to the place in you that's ready to activate. Tune in live every second and fourth Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Stuck in a roundabout of dysfunction? Stop circling around difficult issues and find out what's been holding you back. Learn how to speak your truth to power with host Dr. Kathy O'Bear. Create real change with smart tools and smart strategies. No frills, no fluff, just life-changing conversations to help get you where you want to be. Extend your reach and become an agent for real change with Kathy O'Bear. For more information on Kathy and her work, please visit drkathyobear.com. That's drkathyobear.com. Tune in to the show Heart Change Consciousness with me, Dr. Trish DeRocher, as stories of inspired activism come to life. Listening to conversations with your favorite authors, change makers, and many more who practice inspired spiritual activism and transform vulnerabilities into sources of strength. Let's be inspired together through my show Heart change consciousness on transformationtalkradio.com. Hi, I'm Patricia McNair, host of Divine Guidance with Patricia, and I'm here to help you live a more authentic, spiritually connected life. Join me every first and third Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific on transformationtalkradio.com. Being who you are in everyday life is the key to unlocking soul wisdom within that our whole self already knows. Get ready to embrace your spiritual, mental, and emotional well-being, your whole being. Discover your gifts and strengthen your connection to spirit. We will explore earth guidance, divine truth, and love, past life lessons, and so much more. So listen in to Divine Guidance with Patricia and join in your personal adventure to triggering, opening, validating, and being all that you are. For more information about me, visit divineguidance.earth. You're driven, and it totally shows. Your career is taking off. You're killing it in the mom game. 
but did your health needs make it on the plate this week? Tune in to the Boss Up Babe radio show, where Carissa Adkins helps babes show up, boss up, and thrive. Every second and fourth Tuesday at 12.30 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Become the boss babe you were meant to be. To sign up for one of Carissa's group coaching programs, visit 365dailyhustle.com. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. I am not Dr. Pat, but I am grateful to be with you today. My name is Renee Siegel, and I am here with Andrea Andress, and we are talking about instincts and subtypes of the nine personality types of the Enneagram. And last segment, we talked about the self-preservation way that that instinctual um, variant touches each of the types. And now we're going to move into how the sense or need for belonging, the social subtypes, um, impacts each of the types. Andrea, tell us a little bit about what it means to be a social subtype, and then we'll go into the how they uh, it impacts each of the types. Okay, so social belonging is when you direct energy toward whether or not you are included or regarded in relationships and how that connection actually works. So uh, what you do is you ask yourself, how much thought, concern, and effort do you give to social groups or world issues? Uh, how do you have a sense? Do you worry about how you have a sense of how you fit in? Okay, so let's look at it through the nine types. Type one uh, with energy, they go into what's called non-adaptable or rigidity. In other words, this half hides their anger and they tend to alienate away from the group. Okay, so they are a very uh, rigid um, reaction to how something goes on. The passion of anger fuels a sense of being right and an appearance of superiority and moral authority. So uh, type ones that are social know who they are and they know what's right and they know what's wrong. And so don't get in their way. Uh, the type two with uh, pride looks at, uh, we call it ambition. These power twos are seducers of environments, enticers of groups, more the adult leader type, and they often are powerful or intellectual people. They have a passion to stand above their pride, and it's expressed um, being highly proud of who they are and they need to be somebody, okay? They do not want to be minimized, okay? Now, the type three with vanity, how does it get expressed? It gets expressed through prestige, the social belonging. They need to shine in the world. This is the three that we all, is, is kind of a classic three, um, they're going to be aggressive. They're going to be first. They're going to be out in the open, okay? And they embrace their vanity, all right? The type four looks at envy in social belonging, and it comes down to a word that we don't like very much. It's called shame. 
In other words, they often uh, see themselves as the victim, the, uh, the person who's suffering, who's inferior. Um, we often call these the sad fours, uh, comparing them to others because they wear their suffering on their sleeve, okay? Now, uh, social belonging for the five in greed and avarice um, keeps to specific ideals, like they are attached to groups and ideas and they relate to knowledge. So these are the fives who really want to collect knowledge and be um, and know who they are in the group. Okay, really know uh, what they are. We call this the totem five, and they like to identify with ideals and knowledge. Now, what do we do with type six, who is all about fear? Well, this fear gets expressed in social belonging by being obedient. They're obedient to the group. Uh, we call them duty-oriented. Uh, they keep to the rules. They, are run, they run by external uh, guidelines. They don't trust others or self. They, so that's why they use the rules to be sure that this is what I need to be doing. Uh, type seven with gluttony, social belonging shows up as sacrifice. They are, uh, it's, it's more like they are anti-gluttony and being of service to others or altruistic at their own expense. They are not selfish people. They will spend themselves for the group. Okay, that group may be a... Uh, a, a world organization. That group may be the family and they will sacrifice anything for that group. Now, the lust for life in uh, the type eight will look at what's called solidarity. They are protective. These are the eights that will fight against injustice. They will go against social norms to do what they feel is right. They are loyal activists. Now, the type nine is lazy uh, for, to their own agenda. And what social belonging does for them is it gives them a group to belong to. So they uh, are into participation. They merge with the group. They will lose themselves into the group. Uh, unselfish often make excellent mediators. Okay. Mm. So these are the nine types in the social uh, belonging. Do we have time to start on the one-on-one? I think we do, because then we'll, we'll finish with some other really kind of fun things. Yeah, All right. So the one-on-one is uh, intimacy, directs energy toward achievement and maintenance of relationships and connections with important individuals. So it's not just the group. It's the individual within, within the space, okay? So a one-to-one -one in the type one with anger comes out as zeal. And this is where you get the word zealots. Uh, and they can, instead of keeping the anger hidden, like the first two, the one-to-one -one, uh, type one uh, can be outwardly angry. 
they can tell others what they must do because they focus all this energy out to the other person, okay? Now the type two with pride in a one-to-one -one can uh, act very aggressive or this is where you get the seductive too, okay? The, and here is this need to be desired, uh, most likely to let others help help you, okay? So this is the pride coming out. Now the deceit coming out, the type three, uh, looks at the one and one, and this is like the typical three we see as masculinity and femininity. In other words, it so focuses on what we think of vanity as sex and beauty and vanity for others. So this is the type three that's really going to uh, be noticeable, okay? Are we still, do we have time? Let's do for, for type four and then we'll take a break. All right, so type four, looking at the one-to-one -one, comes at it with envy. And so this envy comes into competition. Uh, they are the mad four. The social was the sad four. The one-to-one -one is the mad four because they're ready to make others suffer and open up their anger, just like the one does, to push it out there. So revenge, uh, the need to ease their own pain, they can be a little vicious. Mm, sounds uh, like it. <laughs> as, they, as they go out for great, that. Great place to take a break, right? <laughs> They're hiding their inferiority, uh -huh. okay? Yeah. And they uh, hide it by going out. So we will come back after break and discuss types five, six, seven, eight, and nine of the one-to-one -one, and then share a little bit more about uh, instincts and subtypes as we close up. I'm Renee Siegel. I'm so grateful to be here with you today, sitting in for Dr. Pat. And if you would like to know any more about the work that I do with the Enneagram, you can find me at urpurepotential.com. That's the letter U, the letter R, purepotential.com. See you all after break. Did you know that when we talk about the Earth's ecosystems, the most important ecosystem has been left out? You, we created the ecosystem approach to recapture human potential. Find us at theecosystemapproach.org. Join us every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time for the Ecosystem Approach Show with Jason and Patricia on TransformationTalkRadio.com. It's time to get your life back on Burn Bright Today with Jennifer Marcinelli. Tune in each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn to move from the darkness of burning out to the light of burning bright. Jennifer is redefining stress and the energetic causes of burnout, shining a light on process to get your life back. For more information about Jennifer and her work, visit BurnBrightToday.com. Have you ever felt like if you just had the right tools and resources, you'd be able to carve a path toward the life your heart is aching for? Guess what? You have everything you need inside you. I'm Natasha Ornedo, and I'm here to show you that your healing is in your hands. Tune into my show, Unlock the Healing Path, every second and fourth Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. To learn more about me and my work, visit NatashaOrnedo.com. 
Optimize your breast cancer screening without any radiation or pain. Effective, sensitive, and widely used thermal imaging in Europe is now available to you here in the U.S. Using state-of-the-art FDA-approved camera, Eastside's first and only breast thermography clinic is now open in Bellevue. Safe, sensitive, low cost, no referrals needed. Contact Holistique Medical Center at 425-451-0404 or on the web, drdarvish.com. Tune into Three Things I've Learned with Susan Dolce every first and third Tuesday of the month at noon Pacific, 3 o'clock Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. Join Susan and her guests as they share the stories that shift our souls about radical transformations, courageous breakthroughs, and life lessons. Three Things I've Learned with Susan Dolce. For more information, go to TransformationTalkRadio.com or visit Susan's website at SusanDolce.com. Are you ready to experience full body system wellness? Tune in to the Empower Me Show with Pam Bright, a spiritual toolbox for your life. Embrace the fullness of who you are as a spiritual being having a human experience. Pam Bright is a multidimensional healer, light language channel, energy intuitive, and spiritual transformation coach. Join her for a rich conversation about how to unlock all your spiritual gifts. Mondays at 3 p.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. I'm not Dr. Pat, but I'm so grateful to be with you today. My name is Renee Siegel, and I have a guest, Andrea Andress, and we are speaking about the instincts and subtypes of the nine Enneagram types of personality. We left off at break uh, with the type four one-to-one, and um, we're going to pick up right now with the type five diving back in. Thanks, Andrea, for all this great information. All right. All right. Uh, Type fives with the emotional energy of avarice or greed, they take this on a one-to-one expression in terms of what's called confidence. They're looking for that ideal person, that ideal thing to trust in. So it's intimacy with romantic within. They tend to be the most outgoing of the type fives. Uh, So it looks a little bit different. They will expend themselves outward uh, to reach out to the one-to-one. All right. So the type six, as we move along, is talking about fear. And fear gets expressed in this one-to-one subtype through strength and beauty. Uh, It's a fairly aggressive type behavior going against the fear into the position of strength, attack, and they sometimes can create uh, chaos. This is the type six that often can get confused for a type eight because they are more outgoing and they, instead of wallowing in fear, they're pushing fear away and just going out into the world. Okay. And this is the type that we call the counterphobic. Yeah, the counterphobic type. Six, Absolutely. Right. Which is why they look more like an eight in this situation. Okay, the type seven that works with gluttony, uh, wanting more and more, It comes out in the one-to-one with what's called suggestibility. They search for that ultimate relationship. 
the best experience, the idealist there. These are the sevens that are highly positive and they're always moving from one thing to the next. We talk about them in the monkey mind. You know, this is the seven that's really moving on to try to find that one-to-one. It's out there somewhere, but it's never what they really reach. Okay, so the eight, the type eight with the lust for life or the excess um, goes in the one-and-one in possession because they are so passionate about what they're doing. They can be very, this is the eight uh, that can be very antisocial, uh, can go against something wholeheartedly. So um, they're the most rebellious, the most emotional eight that you will find. Okay. And the type nine with laziness to their own agenda, sloth, what they're looking for in a one to one relationship is to be able to fuse with someone, to merge with that one other person. It's very hard for this type nine to find their own identity because they are merging with that other individual. They tend to be more passive aggressive and uh, given to a bit of rebellion uh, about what's going on. Okay, so those are the 27 types. 27 subtypes. And so just in summary, you know, we each have these biological drives to self-preserve, to be social and belong, to have one-on-one engagements with other people. And just as a just a, as an FYI, if you're reading Enneagram literature, oftentimes for the one-on-one, you'll see the word sexual. And that doesn't mean that they're sexual as much as it means that they have this need to engage this particular biological desire uh, to be engaging, to have that significant relationship. Um, Some people say that it may have some things to do with intimacy, Um, but you you might see those words uh, intertwined one-on-one and sexual and sexual really doesn't have to do with sexuality. I just want to make that really clear. And I think that we've moved more to talk about one-to-one. So we have all of these particular biological drives. And when we're looking at trying to find out how they stack for us, there's a questionnaire that uh, Andrea is going to share so that you can consider where you stack um, based on what you find yourself dwelling on the most at any given point in your life. Because as we said, you may be a, a particular type that expresses yourself socially in this particular era of your life. And if you looked at yourself 10 years ago, you might have expressed yourself in a more self-preservation kind of way. And, you know, so they, they can shift and change. So would you share that questionnaire? Well, it is the question that I mentioned before. How much thought or concern do you give to personal survival issues, such as being preoccupied with supplies, food, money, energy, or safety? And when you look at that, you could journal and write that down. Then you ask yourself uh, two other questions. How does this serve you? And then how does it hinder you? 
because it will do both mm -hmm. with what's going on. And when you have looked through self-pres through those eyes and then how it really works for you, okay? Uh, like it, it works for you when you uh, get to where you're traveling and you have everything you need, you know? Right. How does it hinder you? How long does it take you to get out the door? <laughs> it, it can hinder you in that. How, how many weeks do you uh, start packing before it's time to go? You know, well, that can hinder you because it's, it, look at all the time it's taking up. Right. But it can benefit you because when you get there, you've got everything. Mm -hmm. And probably you've got much more than you're going to need. So that's the question for self-press. What are the questions for social and one-to-one? -one? Okay, so social. How much thought, concern, and effort do you give to social groups or world issues? Uh, how do you fit in with all of that? So here again, you look at this issue and then you ask yourself, how does it serve you? And how does it hinder you? Well, it could serve you in that you belong to a group. You, you know there's safety there. You know who you are. You know what you're going to be doing. Uh, that gives an immense amount of security and, and uh, feeling really good to you. Um, and so it can fit in that way. How much... Uh, do we need to go? At, and then you ask the question, how does it hinder you? Mm -hmm. And how about the one-to-one? One-to-one, -one, how much thought, concern, and effort do you give to one-on-one -on -one relationships? We all give that when we're looking for a mate, okay? But when you found that mate, then does that just go out the door and you don't need to look anymore? Right. Or are you still interested in it? And how does it serve you? And how does it hinder you? Yeah. And we're, we're just about out of time, but I would love our listeners to know about you. You have a beautiful CD with meditations that would be very helpful for people who are interested in exploring this journey further. Can you share a little bit more about yes. them and how to find them? Uh, meditation by the Numbers is built with uh, meditations that work with the subtypes. And so uh, it gives you uh, small meditations from five to eight or nine minutes long. And you can find those at uh, YouTube, Amazon, CD Baby, uh, iHeartRadio. Uh, just look at my name, Andrea Andrus, and meditations by the, by the number. Yeah. Andrea, I am so appreciative that you came on today. I'm that you had the time that this worked out and you have so much information about this particular topic. Thank you so much for joining me and being part of the Dr. Pat show today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. See you soon. 